You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez, CEO of the Lioness Group and principal of MG2. I'm here today with Maria Zorotovic. Um, she is Director of Strategy and Incubation in the Internet of Things group at Intel and part of the Emerging Technology Organization of the Retail Banking, Hospitality, and Education Verticals. She is responsible for the incubation of emerging technologies, including the Intel Experience Incubation Hub for experiential collaboration. Her work at Intel is focused on problem-solving challenges related to the accessibility and scale of technology. How she works on solving those challenges is through bringing uncommon partners together in the ecosystem to iterate on a solution and accelerate shared learnings. So we're really excited to have her today and dig into many aspects of what she's responsible for. Uh, Maria, can you tell us a little bit, I mean, we're all familiar with Intel, but from your lens, can you just give us a kind of a high level introduction? Yes, absolutely. So first, Melissa, so excited to be here. So thank you for... um, having me participate in this podcast. There's so much to go on going on and for us to talk about. Um, at Intel, uh, really our mission is, is focusing on delivering you know, platform and technology advancements that become essential to the way we work and the way we live. And I think now more than ever um, is a time where we are collaborating across the ecosystem, across industries to solve real challenges that we see in front of us in the industry. Amazing. Amazing. Well, speaking of those challenges, we're seeing a huge shift happening at the speed of light right now, where it's going to force all of us, consultants and um, problem solvers, retailers, brands, all alike, kind of how they re... um, address the new consumer and the new norms with new habits being formed. So can you talk about, while we're in the early innings of that, what you're starting to see and analyzing and kind of where your head's at with that? Yes, absolutely. You know, I think it's important that we talk a little bit about the landscape so that we know the lens in which we're having this conversation. So we're seeing dramatic shifts in supply and demand. And we can take that from a consumer demand perspective, but also in terms of the supply of the goods, products that are needed, and even services. Uh, And because of that, we're also seeing evolving customer needs. And we'll talk about that more. Um, Emerging family priorities. Priorities in terms of care, education, well-being, health, safety of frontline workers, employees, and then business closures based on what's deemed necessary um, with any uh, many you know states across the country. Um, I think this type of landscape presents itself with new challenges where we're starting to see behavior starting to shift or move or evolve, however you'd like to say it. Um, you know. Before, or even just a few months ago, when we look at the landscape for consumers in retail, you had options. There was no real forcing function to constrain any type of choice that we had in terms of the products or services that we wanted, or even the way that we shopped and how we got those um, products and services. Um, Today, though, we're in an environment where options are narrowed, choices are limited, and some of that is being mandated um, by policy, by standard and guidance in terms of our health and well, well-being. Um, also, the behaviors that are being asked of all of us, social distancing, 
um, limiting or being contactless with people and certain materials. Um, and I think also now too, because of the change of what we're seeing in our environment, you know, our motivations are shifting and where we may have perceived barriers to the use of certain technologies or the use of certain services, I think people are going to more actively seek um, technology-enabled solutions because of those types of conditions when we look at, you know, everyday living or everyday tasks. Yeah, I agree. From the technology lens, um, I'm looking at so many new things that are being adopted so quickly um, across so many verticals, right? Um, and, and, and what's interesting to me is the, the things you talk about, right? These emerging trends and habits and, and, you know, family priorities, health, health and safety. What's the commonality is it's, it's not demographic or gender or generation specific, right? We're seeing this forcing a change in new behaviors across the board. Um, and so, you know, kind of how are you guys thinking about some of that increased adoption and, and what are you seeing right across generations? You know, one thing, for example, that I've seen is it's interesting to see how, um, like Gen Z, uh, is coming together with, the you know, that the generation they're staying home with and, and being influenced by each other's habits and the way they're prioritizing spend and the way in which they're interacting. And, you know, what are you seeing there? Yeah, I think there's um, a, a few things that are emerging that are super interesting to be watching. So I definitely want to hit the Gen Z, um, but let's look at shopping all up. So as we said, you know, our kind of our new reality, um, you know, sheltering in home or in place is forming new everyday habits, right? It's causing us to shift how we interact with the world and shift in terms of how we receive products and services. So habits are being built and new behaviors are being formed. Um, before, um, you know, our current uh, environment, if you looked at grocery, if you looked at use of services like curbside and delivery, um, you know, adoption was anywhere from like six to 10%, maybe for online in the US. Um, and then in terms of a survey, I think I found some data around offers.com said around 77% of American adults said they would not use curbside, 81% hadn't even ordered um, grocery delivery service. So that's giving where we have been. So now let's fast forward to where we are today. Um, in terms of generations, um, you know, convenience is something that Gen Z has spoken about along with millennial being up in the high kind of 50s in terms of um, being comfortable with shopping online for food. Um, and I think that, you know, the access of technology, of course, in terms of um, having, you know, been around different technologies, uh, mobile especially, it just becomes naturally a part of you know, integrating in how you interact with life and how you um, shop, um, et cetera, and get your information. Um, I think we're seeing also, you know, a, a change in terms of um, online shopping given the conditions here. So online shopping, when we used to talk about retail, it'd be predominantly focused in on fashion and travel and entertainment categories, um, beauty, personal care, um, you know, that, that was a kind of typical conversation I think you and I would mostly have when it comes to the online space with 
grocery, especially perishable or fresh foods being kind of at the base of that, um, being really kind of an emerging area. But now we're starting to see that start to shift significantly based on people's needs. And this is where it starts to get really interesting and I think really exciting to understand, you know, what is possible within some of these categories that have typically not been the first place that people go online to shop. No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And so, you know, what do you think the new challenge and opportunity this presents for brands and retailers, right? Because it's a, it's an opportunity and a challenge and to take it one step further, because, you know, kind of the role you play at Intel and helping build out this ecosystem, like, how do you, how do you see, you know, you guys help bringing this ecosystem together in a new way? Yes. So for the work that I'm doing at Intel, and I think, you know, the work that Intel does in terms of supporting the ecosystem, we at the end of the day have to be intently listening to our customers' needs. And when I say customers, that's everyone in the ecosystem, meaning partners that are providing um, new uh, technology, new hardware, new applications to solve some of these challenges. Um, and ways in which, you know, technology can scale. And in a real tangible way, how do we get that technology to scale in a meaningful way across multiple locations? So for a physical retailer, it's not just one store they worry about or two stores, but it's the ability to scale a solution across all thousands of their stores. Um, and then also be able to grab the necessary data that helps drive the business, helps to um, inform what their uh, customer needs and how to um, support and satisfy um, that demand going forward. Um, so for us, it's about listening um, and really paying attention to what's happening in different industries, in adjacent industries, hospitality, um, banking, education, across all of these areas. Um, and start to really, you know, gather the feedback from what we're hearing from um, providers that are out there and also our customers, the end customer, the retailer, the brand in terms of what do they need to be successful in this new environment that we're living in um, and be paying attention to the challenges too. wherever the, the challenges or the gaps, how can we lend a hand in helping um, overcome that? or start a conversation that moves to action in the ecosystem. Great. Well, that's going to be very much needed right now because things are going to be moving at the speed of light. And I think, you know, while adoption on the consumer side has been a little bit slow at tech, I think the implementation of it ha has, has also been slow, not just because of consumer adoption, but because, you know, people either find it cost prohibitive or a little bit perplexing of how to integrate it and how to kind of wrap their head around the ROI around those investments and implementations. Exactly. And, and I think, one place in which, you know, you talk about the behavior aspect of consumers, which is really important and tends to be the catalyst for, you know, creating the ecosystem that needs to support, you know, the solution towards that behavior. Um, but things like contactless pay, you know, that infrastructure has been being built for, you know, quite some time, whether it's the, um, you know, phone or mobile device that has some type of compatible pay within it, whether it's the 
credit card companies that are doing contactless or tap and pay, and then also just the entire kind of network around a payment um, and the acceptance from a vendor perspective of accepting um, that type of um, form of payment, you know, those pieces have been in play. And now we're seeing it in real action where there's a forcing function of changing consumer behavior to move towards contactless pay. Like there's an actual measurable value prop to doing that. And we have that infrastructure. So we're seeing that push now of where the foundation was in place. There was not a high value prop perception from a consumer, right? Still pretty easy for me to pull out my debit card, my credit card out of my wallet. Uh, but now given, you know, in light of health issues, contactless pay makes much more sense. And you're seeing consumers starting to move towards that. And, you know, uh, more retailers offer it. I think it was Publix that uh, just announced this week that they are um, deploying tap and pay systems in like 1,200 of their stores. Um, and again, it's, it's, there's this behavior change that has caused the, the need to move that forward. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, kind of here, uh, at, at the Lioness group and MG2, like we're, we're sitting more in store design, but the implementation of all of these are also going to have an impact on customer journey, how we think through those paths, how we think through store design, you know, what is the cash wrap with the checkout experience re- really going to look like, right? It's going, it's going to evolve the other areas, you know, that, uh, kind of powered by technology, right, that that I think that are going to become more common is, you know, curbside pickup. And so from a logistical standpoint, kind of what are the technologies we're looking at there to help support that? And then seamless delivery, right? And, and you're seeing a lot of brands partner with um, Postmates and the such. And so all of those are, you know, from our vantage point going to have an impact on how we think of, of front of house for back of house and, and, and all those logistics. Um, but what kind of, you know, technologies do you think are, are coming to the forefront to help power some of these new consumer expectations that we're going to see around these themes? I think we've hit some of it. I mean, when we look at what's happening to get down to the solution side and the technology, you know, we look at um, the consumer's mode of shopping right now. And if you look at it from a continuum, there's the Hyperconvenience, which is that speed, ease, and utility, to the you know highly experiential, which is that immersive engaging. And right now, just given light of everything, we see this focus back on the hyperconvenience, the speed, the ease, um, which is bringing out that whole checkout or purchase conversation, post-purchase, and last mile, like you're talking about. Um, and just within that space of purchase, post-purchase, in which last mile. Um, fits, you have the spectrum from contactless pay, which is everything from the tap and pay to the credit card to the um, mobile device that has a mobile wallet enabled to also the um, mobile account um, that is utilized for web, online, and in-store purchases, very similar to an uh, Amazon concept, right? To pay um, all the way through um, the you know services in which I can pick up my items from click and collect to curbside to in store to delivery to ship those options are all coming to the surface um, and then of course all the backbone that has to support that from payment payment acceptance the payment network through the mobile application and lastly through the um, supply chain in terms of logistics and fulfillment. Um, you know, this is where there's a lot of emphasis being placed. And right now, just given volumes, 
um, you know, this is where the stress test is being placed, right? And this is where, as in uh, operations for retailer, you're able to really look at, um, you know, what's occurring in your business and how are you able to meet some of those challenges. Um, the technology that we're seeing, I think, are really things that we've been talking about. It's just now we have um, new conditions that are in place that put push a lot of emphasis or or a spotlight on that portion of the journey in which, you know, again, you're looking at um, order management, distributed um, logistics or distributed fulfillment across all of your locations, potentially, um, mobile app, the services that are connected in um, and offer choice, um, your logistics now in store in terms of people and fulfillment. And then let's remind ourselves the partners that are out there, like the Instacarts, the ships of the world, Postmates. You know, you see businesses that are, um, you know, linking arms with, you know, um, organizations like that to help fill in the capabilities within that portion of the last mile. These pieces, this digital form is coming to the surface. So you talk about how, you know, a lot of these aspects were in play, right? Maybe n not all in-house, some through partnerships, um, maybe not fully integrated, some dipping their toes, but others, um, you know, maybe because of their capital capabilities, were particularly well positioned um, to be able to kind of pull the trigger of really formalizing some of these technology integrations of um, contactless pay and curbside and seamless delivery and the such. In your opinion, who is currently well positioned for this in the industry? Oh, man. So, you know, I think in terms of who's being spoken about um, in the media and who is kind of being asked to, um, you know, share in terms of, of, you know, how they're looking at solving for the customer. I mean, you know, a few names come to the top and it's no surprise. We have um, Target. Um, who has been building quite some time in terms of, you know, setting themselves up for capabilities around, um, you know, order management, fulfillment. Um, so how that shows up for the customer is they have the target drive up, which is their curbside. They have buy online pickup. They have ship abilities. They have their relationship with shipped in terms of um, same day delivery. Um that is, you know, these are all the types of services that I think um, definitely are being utilized. You have Walmart, who also offers a grocery pickup, which is their curbside. They have ship, buy online pickup. They have next day delivery, um, in which they have also, um, you know, created partnerships in that space. Um, they are going to be moving towards um, contactless pay. And having um, that ability within their Walmart app so that at checkout, you don't need to touch anything. You can actually scan. Um, no contact delivery in terms of um, leaving at doorstep um, or you know, putting groceries directly in the trunk. Um, no interaction, very similar to Target. Amazon has been doing this for some time in terms of their um, Amazon Fresh Pickup, they have delivery, they also have the Amazon Whole Foods delivery, same day delivery, and kind of the list goes on, contactless payment, they also have that across all their physical locations along with mobile and web. You know, those, those are the front runners and what I appreciate about this is you have one that intently started online, you have others that started as brick and mortar but have grown into 
an online presence, and whereas Amazon has grown from an online into a physical. So these are all very interesting kind of case studies to be looking at. I think those are excellent case studies, and you know, obviously across the system, you know, brands are going to be at different size and different. Um, financial capabilities, different internal team infrastructure. So I think it's great to look at those that are well positioned as kind of, you know, those North Stars and guiding lights. What are some high level tips or steps for retailers and brands as they start to approach rethinking customer needs and expectations in ways in which that they can implement um, some of these newer technologies? Yes, I think, you know, to me, there are... um you know, four kind of themes that stand out. Um, and, and you're seeing this still play out right now. Um, and so even though I mentioned, you know, kind of those three standouts um, very intently on retail, um, I'd be remiss if we didn't also mention, you know, QuickServe. They are also participating. So you have Caribou Coffee, you have Starbucks, you have McDonald's, um, Domino's, all these groups are enabling, you know, contactless ordering, um, you know, delivery, they're partnering with groups like Uber Eats and DoorDash, et cetera. So we're seeing, you know, a whole host across, uh, across the board um, and even into some of our apparel areas where they're offering these types of services. Um, but what I would say is first, you know, where we are today, there's a reality factor. And so it's about positioning your business for today. And that's really, you know, first and foremost, health and safety of employees and customers, figuring out what are your points of strength how do you leverage those in today's times to meet your customer demand? And also taking stock of your gaps and opportunities. You know, what are the capabilities needed? Um, probably you have a very long list of, um, you know, capabilities and, and, and problems you're trying to solve for the customer. Um, and you're probably going to figure out where do you need to reprioritize those pieces. Um, the other is build your business for the new normal. I mean, I think we're using this term new normal um, coming out in this world of where we have to be mindful, um, you know, there's this social distancing conversation that's happening, but what does it look like in the future? Um, and given that we have new behaviors or new habits being formed with consumers today, um, you know, I don't think I don't think we will ever just bounce back to what we were. I think we are going to continue to evolve. So what does that new normal look like for your business or business type? You know, what's the strategy for rebuilding? Um, you know, kind of the basics, the financials, the operational agility, the leveraging strategic relationships, the consolidation that must occur. Uh, you know, reassessing um, all up in terms of, you know, where your vulnerabilities and how do you think forward? You know, I, I think for sure, to me, an emerging skill set for our leaders is, is being futurist. There's actual science behind it. How do you go out and survey the world or survey your landscape and be able to take those inputs in so that you have contingency on how your business plays forward in different circumstances? Um, you know, supply chain is going to be impacted. Um, I think the third thing would be reach out to other industries. Lean on your associations. Lean on your network. Connect with others. For Intel, we are um, here for our partners. We are here for retailers, for quick serve, for the industry, um, to be able to share the knowledge that we may have, be able to help point people or connect people on common pairings where we find, you know, great innovation and ideas come out of that. 
So we are here to help you. We are here to help influence what you need, the challenges that need to be overcome within the technology um, world. And so use us for that. Um, and then lastly, it's plan for the long game. I mean, it's important that we take care of business today, but we also need to look at, um, you know, where, where does your, your future need to build to? How do you take the moment of today, take the learnings from it, and figure out what are the capabilities that you need to be building and setting yourself up for? I mean, I don't think any of us would have ever foreseen such a level of focus or stress test from purchase to, you know, post-purchase, um, but here we are in that situation. So what are the ways that you can evolve to provide better service or service options for your customer, evolve products? Um, and involve how you operate um, within the industry. So to me, those are the four. Position for today, build your business for the new normal, reach out to other industries, um, collaborate and open up the dialogue for support. Um, and then lastly, plan your long game. I think that's great. That's a really great kind of starting point uh, for those that are trying to make their playbook. And I really I agree with all of them, but want to just highlight the long game because I think, you know, we are all realizing that we have to rewrite the playbook because we can't really rely on historicals right now. Um, but as humans, right, a, a certain part of normalcy that we knew in the past is going to come back. So we shouldn't just completely go in a whole new direction thinking that as humans, we won't go back a little bit to the behaviors that existed before. So, you know, finding that happy medium um, and thinking longer term makes a lot of sense. So speaking of the longer term, while we cannot um, travel right now, I do like to ask all guests because we will again. Um, when I get to get back to Seattle or any of us get to go travel back to Seattle, what are the three must things that we should put on our list? Ooh, let's see. Um, first and foremost, I always tell people that they need to go to the water, to the waterfront, specifically um, take a ferry and go up to the San Juan Islands. There's Orcas Island, San Juan Islands. There's just a bunch of islands, um, you know, with just, you know, outside of Seattle or north of Seattle that are beautiful. And um, a really great retreat. They have national parks, there's campings, there's getaways. It, it's beautiful. Um, the other would be go the opposite direction and head towards the mountains. Um, beautiful during the winter time, um, beautiful during the summer for hiking. Um, and, and we're talking about like an hour, hour and a half outside the city. Um, and then lastly, you know, you got to go see Pike Place Market, Seattle Center you know, kind of the icons of Seattle, um, again, in really beautiful locations um, filled with really interesting people, really interesting sites. Um, I guess those would be the uh, three that I recommend. Okay, great. Well, I'll be busy because I've been to Seattle a few times, but I didn't get to do all of those things. I've seen the water and I've gone to Pike Place. So I'm almost there. <laughs> almost. <laughs> but, almost, but I look forward to getting back and be able to do those things. Everyone, this was Maria from Intel. I think we had a really great conversation. It's going to be an evolving look at how technology is integrated in the retail landscape. But I think this was a great point of view. Um, and, uh, you know, we all look forward to continuing the conversation. So everyone, this is Melissa Gonzalez, Retail Refined, a market scale podcast. And until the next one. Thank you for having me again. Thank you so much.